everyone and welcome welcome to the Josie show thank you all so much for tuning in we're so excited to be with all of you tonight for another great Josie show here in our ninth year crazy still can't even fathom that uh, we have such an exciting show for you all tonight we have joining us tonight the incredible billboard hit songwriter Jason Matthews he wrote smash hits for artists such as Billy Currington Chris Young and Luke Bryan just to name a few I mean he the amount of talent Jason has is just off of this planet. I mean, you know, past Mars, I mean, the whole thing. Uh, we're so honored to have him on our show tonight. So everyone, please welcome to the show, Jason Matthews. Hello, Jason, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I sure appreciate it. Anytime. I'm so excited to have you here. You know, we, we always love to hear how, um, you know, artists like yourself, um, you know, really, really started. So can you tell us how music, you know, making music all started for you? Because I understand that you wrote your very first song at the age of 15. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. Uh, Dang. I was that wow. kid that uh, I started writing when I was in the third grade. I, I was writing poetry and short stories. And I was mm-hmm. that kid that carried a notebook around with him everywhere. And uh when I was 15, I saw a documentary on Eric Clapton, and at the end of it, I was mm-hmm. just like, I have to learn how to play guitar. And mm-hmm. my dad happened to have uh, uh, an old Gibson Les Paul uh, knockoff in the closet yeah. and, and, a, and a solid state amp, <laughs> and I dragged it out <laughs> and started teaching myself how to play, and as soon as I learned three chords I was writing a song because that's what I really wanted to do and and people were like that sounds like something ought to be on the radio and Mm -hmm. that was all the encouragement I needed just to keep keep doing it you know exactly exactly and I and I did I just kept on doing it and doing it and doing it and you know it felt like Mm. it felt like I'd found found my calling Oh yeah, for sure. I think, I really think that it is. And, you know, you, you have so many amazing, you know, stories and um, you just really have a gift of words, I guess. I mean, just, you're an incredible songwriter and you've had, you know, cuts from some of the biggest labels in the industry, such as Sony, Warner Brothers, Capitol, Universal, RCA, I mean, you name it. (laughs) So I wanted to ask you, um, you know, that has to be so rewarding to know that you've made a major mark in the music industry as a renowned songwriter. What is that like? What is that like for you? I mean, people are listening to your songs and just really connecting. You know what I mean? Uh, to be honest with you, I never really think about that. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of have an inferiority complex, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, like, like I, I never think I've done anything really to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Like, like, wow, it, you know, mm-hmm. I just work, I just work and work and work and work and work. And then every once in mm-hmm. a while, I'll lift my head up and look around and go, well, wow, I, I actually accomplished a little bit. I actually did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. You know, so, mm-hmm. 
Oh, well, I mean, your songs, uh, you know, a lot of them I just adore, as many others do as well. And can you tell us about your first ever publishing deal upon moving to Nashville? Can you tell us the story behind that? Um, well, it probably wasn't the best deal for me to do, but I did mm-hmm. it because I felt like, you know, it was my foot in the door. It would lead to something. And in hindsight, I wish I hadn't assigned it. In hindsight, I wish I'd waited for for mm-hmm. a more ideal situation. Because um, mm-hmm. it just wasn't good that you know the people I was working for, they didn't really, mm-hmm. they didn't really foster me. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. They didn't really, you know, they just kind of, you know, shot my spirit down every day. Wow. Finally, I wound up asking out of the deal just because I was like, I can't do this anymore. If I stay here any Mm -hmm. longer, I'm going to go home. Mm -hmm. That's how bad I feel. That's crazy. I mean, you live and learn, though, I guess. That's one of the best things I ever did was leaving that deal. Yeah, Um, definitely. Because... I was taking control of of my my creativity. I was taking it back, mm-hmm. and and when I walked out of that, I was like, nobody's ever going to criticize me again more than I criticize myself. Mm-hmm. I was like, from here, I was like, from here on out, I am, I am, I'm going to. These songs are going to are going to destroy people because I'm not, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to be ripped mm-hmm. apart every day again like this. You oh, know? no, no, no. Yeah. And, uh, and so I just, I just put my nose to the grindstone and, and mm-hmm. kept working and working and, and about a year and a half later, I had my first single on Kevin Denny, um, with that's just Jesse. Well, wow. it's probably a little longer. It's probably a little longer than a year and a half. It might have been two. Might have been two years or so. Mhm. Absolutely. Um, wow, that really was. I mean, the best, the best thing for you. I mean, you you want that team that's supportive about you know everything that you do, and you don't want someone just you know telling you what to do i'm not saying you don't need criticism from time to time it's just the criticism right, i right. was receiving was it wasn't constructive right and there's a difference between destructive criticism and constructive criticism mm-hmm. uh constructive Absolutely. criticism helps make you better you know mm-hmm. it's somebody going it's somebody encouraging going hey I think this is really good. What if you did this? That's constructive criticism. Destructive criticism is, I hate it. You go, you hate right, it. yeah. Is there anything I can do to make it better? No, just throw it away, write a new one. Mm-hmm. And, it's like, and it was just like, you see how different the energy is in that? No, oh, yeah. How different mm-hmm. those two energies are? You know, I, I mean, Absolutely. you need to be working. Anybody who's pursuing this, you need to be working with people who are helping you. And if they're not mm-hmm. helping you, 
You need to get them out of your way. Because mm-hmm. God gave you a gift. God gave you a gift, and it's up to you to protect that gift. Because they're not mm-hmm. going to protect that gift. It's for you to protect. Mm-hmm. That's the life, anybody, I think. Don't let anybody, don't let anybody uh, try to hurt that gift, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying criticism is bad. I'm just saying there's a difference between criticism that helps and criticism that hurts, you know? Right. I agree. And there's there's mm-hmm. a big difference. There really is. There really is. And uh, you you can kind of tell when people are there for you, you know, to help you your, and have your best interest at heart. And I know a lot of artists out there who have dealt with, like, you know, the same same situations. But with that, you also have really great things, um, you know, that happen. And, and I wanted to ask you about this. Can you share with us, you know, a couple of your great memories that stand out for you in your career so far that you can recall? Um, well, the first time I heard "That's Just Jesse" on the radio was pretty cool. I was in yeah. the car. I was in the car with my wife. Uh, we were in Hendersonville, I think, the first time I heard it on the radio. And uh, you know, I, I mean, you, you know, the angels didn't sing or nothing, but pretty cool hearing yes, for on sure. the radio. You know, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, it's just kind of hard to put in the words. It's just, it's kind of weird too. Cause you go, mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, it was just a few weeks ago. I was in a little room writing a song and now it's mm-hmm. out on these airwaves for all these people to hear. It was just kind of odd too at the same time. Yeah. That must be such a surreal feeling. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I mean, that, you know, it, it is well-deserved for sure. And, you know, we, we do have some fan questions here for you. Um, but first, before I get to the fan question, I wanted to ask if you could tell us a little bit about your great album, Hicketine. I love, I love that title. Tell us a little bit about it. <laughs> um, well, I, I decided that I wanted to put a record out. And, uh, yeah. I was tired of waiting on somebody to give me a record deal, so I was like, I'm going to make my own record. I'm going yeah. to put it out myself. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I had the whole album put together, but I didn't have, like, a title for the album or a concept for it. You know, I just started, you know, at a certain point, you got to put a different hat on and start thinking thinking about marketing you know, mm-hmm. well, how am I going to sell this? Nobody knows who I am, you know. And at the time, mm-hmm. you know, we were trying to get the record in the Walmarts and Best Buys, you know, and your CD is mm-hmm. there amongst all these other CDs. How am I going to get people to notice my CD? And that image on the album cover popped in my mind. And I was like, that that could that's interesting. That's uh, That's kind of cool. So if mm-hmm. I'm holding that cigarette pack like like that's my record, you know what what is that? What is that? It's not nicotine. It's and then that title popped in my head. <laughs> I was like, well, I gotta perfect. go write that now to put this on the record because <laughs> yes, it didn't, perfect. <laughs> it didn't exist yet, you know. Mm-hmm. So I went and wrote it and uh, and put it on the record, made it the title of the album, and just kind of built. Mm-hmm the whole thing around that concept that's so cool <laughs> that is so cool 
And, you know, uh, the fan, I wanted to ask this fan question from Chris from Facebook. Um, it's actually a two-part question. So the first part, uh, as a songwriter and recording artist, what factors did you go by when deciding which songs to release on Hiccuping? Um, these were, a lot of those songs were songs that I'd had for a while. And, mm. and I loved them and nobody had recorded them yet. And, you know, I, I wanted people to hear them. Plus, I, you know, for that record, you know, I, I was intentionally not trying to make a songwriter record. You know, a songwriter right. record typically is full of ballads and, you know, deep, meaningful, introspective songs. I was trying to make a straight up the middle commercial record, you know, and, so you got to start thinking, well, I need up tempos for this record. I need mid tempos for this record. And then the mm -hmm. ballads need to be killer. You know, if I'm putting a ballad on here, it needs to be great. And, uh, yeah. you know, you, you start thinking like a record exec a little bit, you know, right. in your own head. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I had the song. I knew that's what Mama's Do was going to be my single that I was going to try to put out off of that because mm -hmm. that's one of the best songs I've ever written. And it meant so much to me because I wrote it about my wife's mother who uh, was dying of cancer at the time when I wrote it. Um, right. And I, I knew I wanted to put that out. I knew if I had one song that I wanted to represent me as an artist, it was that song. And... We put it out, and we went as far as we could get on our own. We got the number 50 on Billboard, I think, and very wow. high up on Music Row Magazine's charts uh, by mm -hmm. ourselves. You know, nobody behind us, and, mm -hmm. you know, just, you wow. know. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it's such it's such a beautiful song i mean that's what mama's do is one of my favorites and i mean every time i i listen to the lyrics the words i am bawling i'm crying uh good tears but it's just so beautiful and uh i just i think it's incredible and uh you know i, I think a lot of people connect with that song and now let's see here the second part of chris uh chris's question were there songs that you felt you only wanted to pitch to other artists and songs that you felt you needed to record yourself? Good question. Um, like I knew I wanted to do That's What Mamas Do. I knew I had to do that. And there was yeah. another song on that record that I knew I had to do called The Rapture. Um, that song meant a lot to me too. And then all yeah. the other songs on there, you know, I was just strictly thinking like, you know, what, what sounds like a hit? What's a hit? You know, and I was like, well, nobody's recorded these songs yet, and they're still laying around. I'm going to claim them for myself, you know. I'm going to put them on this record because I think they're hits, you know. Yeah. Um, like People Like Me and Live from America and Honky Tonk History. You know, I think those songs mm -hmm. are hit songs. And so I put those on there. I didn't really, there wasn't anything I was like really hold, holding back for myself, you know, that I wasn't going to give to somebody else. I mean, like if Tim McGraw had come along and said, hey, I want to do that's what mom's do, I would have gladly let him do it, probably. 
you know. Right. You know, it's, I'm, that's not going to keep me from doing it, <laughs> you know. Oh, oh yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> you sing it beautifully. So, mm-hmm. so, um, so I guess that's my I, I just wasn't, I, I didn't really hold anything back from anybody else. It was just, you know, I'm doing right. this thing over here and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I love that. I love that. You know, and I wanted to say, because, you know, we have an incredible number of indie-level artists and songwriters that listen to our show. What words of advice do you think you could share with those upcoming songwriters and artists out there who want to get their music heard or get their voice out there? Um, I would recommend the stage in history that we're at right now, um, mm-hmm. the technology that we have right now. Um, this might be the first time in history that you could go make a record and never set foot in a professional recording studio, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're, you're not at the mercy of having to have a producer. You're not at the mercy of having to have a band. You're not at the mercy of having to book the room, book the studio. Uh, You're not at the mercy of having to have a huge gigantic budget. Um, Mm -hmm. If you have a MacBook. Uh, it comes with GarageBand. That's a great program, but Apple makes uh, an upgraded pro version recording software called Logic, and it's only two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And they drop the mm-hmm. house on you for two hundred dollars. I mean, they give you everything, and wow. you get you go buy that for two hundred dollars and get you a recording interface to plug into your computer. And you can start making music. That's and awesome. I, I would recommend to any artist today to be doing mm-hmm. that. You know, whether that winds up being the record or not, it allows you mm-hmm. to get down your own thoughts and your own creative bent on these songs, you know, well, and, yeah. and, and showcase your own musicianship, you know. Uh, they're wonderful tools wonderful tools and you're not out a ton of money doing it Mm -hmm. and and you can do it anywhere like my i i have a home studio but my whole rig's built around my laptop so if i have my laptop with me i have a studio with me i can Mm -hmm. record anywhere Um, that's that's what I would recommend to any independent artist, independent songwriter, you know, um, you can do this, Mm -hmm. adopt the do it yourself attitude. That would be my, that would be my, my, my answer. You you know, don't Mm -hmm. wait on somebody else to give you a budget, you know, to go cut anything. You know, save up a little money and go buy this stuff and start doing it yourself. I love that's that. That future. is like that's, that's uh, the future. That that's is the future of artistry. I mean, mm-hmm. the future of artistry is doing it yourself in your bedroom. Mhm. I agree. I agree. I think that's, that's the best the advice, future. everyone. You got to check that out. Well, well there's, mm-hmm. the, there's not any money in this anymore. Streaming has mm-hmm. destroyed the music business. Mhm. Streaming's destroyed it. I mm-hmm. was thinking today. I, I, I was thinking today, like, uh, how many streams would I have to get 
to equal a 99 cent download. A lot. Yeah. A lot. A lot <laughs> just to make 99 cents. Oh, mm-hmm. and, and you don't even make the whole 99 cents when somebody buys a 99 cent download. I mean, you're getting mm-hmm. like maybe nine cents of that. Yeah, so, insane. Mm-hmm. Um, these tech companies Absolutely. have destroyed the music business. Mm-hmm. So just know that going in, you know, that's the other aspect of being an independent artist. You're going to have to find creative ways to make money at this. You know, mm-hmm. creative ways to create income streams for yourself. And playing live is, is going to be part of that part of that uh that strategy um i I would i would recommend to people you know get on squarespace or wix make your own website and uh do uh you know there's lots of people that can make your merch for you like your t-shirts and your your hats and stuff you don't even have to store them anymore they'll make them on demand for people when you get an order you know, mm-hmm. so you're not you're not having to store them anywhere, not having to pay, you know, warehouse costs or any of that stuff anymore. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I would recommend to a, an up and coming artist be your own store. Yeah, be your own store. Have your own store. True. You know, because so true. You, you know, m- most artists are never going to get signed to a record deal. And mm-hmm. the ones that do, the ones that do, only 1% of them ever get the spotlight from the label, ever get the help from the label, mm-hmm. the budget from the label, the push from the label. The rest of those artists are sitting on that label and they ain't doing nothing with them. Yeah, And absolutely. it's just going to all end in disappointment. I, You know, mm-hmm. if you do the stuff yourself and build it brick by brick, you're not going to, one thing that's not going to happen is you're not going to be disappointed by it. You're going to be proud of yourself at the end of it. Yes. I mean, it feels good. I mean, to know that you did it yourself and you didn't have to rely on someone. I mean, that's just such a good, such a great feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, and I think, I think that's such great advice for anyone out there that's, you know, really trying. I mean, it's, it's, such a difficult business to break into but like you said i mean there are great avenues like performing and you you do you perform i've seen um a really great performance that you did at bluebird cafe and uh i just love i just love when you i just love when you perform and you know you tell stories and you were just hilarious i was cracking up (laughs) (laughs) yeah I love I mean you were talking about like Billy Currington with a shirt off like <laughs> that yeah. story it it was it was hilarious. You guys got to see that video. Yeah. It's on his, it's on uh, your Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, My wife put that up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Uh I definitely have to come out to see a show one of these days uh in Nashville because you you are just you seem like you're just so much fun uh and so comfortable on stage and are just you know chatting with people it's 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 so cool and uh, now yeah <laughs> i could tell i could tell that you love it <laughs> so much fun uh so now i'm very excited because we do have a song of yours here that i would love to play i know everyone is ready to hear your voice so let's play must be doing something right 
We'll play that right now here at the Josie Show, and then we'll be right back, okay? Stay with us. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Here we go. Hit it. a mystery a man just can't understand sometimes all it takes to please her is a touch of your hand and other times you gotta take it slow You leaned into my kiss and close Those deep blue need you eyes Don't know what I did To earn a love like this But baby, I Must be doing something
Yes, and we are back. I love that song. Uh, and you are just an incredible songwriter, an artist. You sang that incredible. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. And, you know, people are asking now that I mentioned about the Billy Currington story. And since we just played, must be doing something right. Can you please tell us the story behind uh, when you first got that call that Billy Currington was going to record uh, that song? It's hilarious. <laughs> Hello? I'm sorry, I had the thing on me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> yes, I hear you now. Hey. <laughs> so can we you were, tell uh, us a little story about that? Yeah. Yeah, when we uh, when we found out Billy was gonna single this thing and it was you know, gonna be the title cut of the album and they were shooting a video and all this stuff, I, I told Marty, my co writer, Marty Dotson. I said, man, mm -hmm. if he just takes his shirt off one time in that video, we're going to make <laughs> so much money. He's a good-looking dude. I mean, Billy's got good yeah. hair, got 12-pack abs, you know. Yeah. They call us up to go down to the label to watch this video, and uh, we go down there, and uh, they hit play on the big-screen TV, and uh, at the end of it, I just bust out laughing right there in the record label office. I looked mm -hmm. at Marty. I said, you remember what I said, right? He said, yeah. I said, well, I hear a Brinks truck coming, buddy, because he didn't have a shirt <laughs> on one time in that video. <laughs> it was awesome. It was like you knew it was going to be huge. Right. You knew it was going to be huge. It was mm -hmm. like the perfect combination of an artist and a song. And yeah, I just I just knew it was going to be big. I knew it. And Absolutely, sure enough, went, on be, went on to be song mm -hmm. most played song of the year. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> it worked. It definitely worked. Well, I love I love that song. And you know another great song uh, that I really love of yours. Uh, is called Honky Tonk History. Can you tell us, uh, can you share with us how it all came about that Travis Tritt decided to record uh, this song? Love it. Um, this song was one of the first songs I wrote with Luke Bryan. Um, mm -hmm. I was like maybe the first or second person in Nashville to ever write with Luke. And this was the second song we wrote together. The right. second song we ever wrote together. And a song plugger pitched it. And um, Billy Joe Walker Jr. had cut a, a few of my songs before in the past, and he was producing Travis Tritt at the time. And somebody pitched the song to him. And um, I think Billy just kind of liked what I did, you know? Because um, I sang the demo on that thing, and he put it on hold for Travis, and sure enough, they cut it, and that was very exciting mm -hmm. because cause I love Travis Tritt. I'm just such a huge fan, and mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I really identified with him and his music. Um, you 
you know, before I even moved to town. I mean, he was that soulful singer on country radio. Not all singers on country radio are soulful singers, but he is, you know. And I really, oh, yeah. you know, I saw a little bit of myself in that because that's 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 how I sing. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, he, he cut it and made it the title cut of his album. Um, it should have been a single. I don't know what happened. Uh, we had a radio mm-hmm. station here in Nashville that was playing it every Friday at 5 o'clock on the drive time home. And mm-hmm. it was doing great. I mean, every time they played it, people were losing their minds, and then mm-hmm. they just never put it, put it out as a single. I don't know what happened, but um, hmm. I'm sure proud of that cut. Um, and I I Ooh. think that was the first I think that was the first uh, cut Luke ever had as a songwriter. So hmm. it was cool yeah. to share that with with him because you know he's a good buddy of mine and. I was just so proud of him, you know. Absolutely. Just really cool. That is so cool. That is very, very cool. Do you do you enjoy uh, writing with you know a, a pal or, uh, more than writing by yourself, or are both you know you're cool with both? Which one's more fun? Do you think? <laughs> um, I, I never get to write by myself except maybe on the weekends. That's the only mm-hmm. time I got time to do it, you know, or or late at night if I if if I you know if I didn't like spend all day doing a bunch of stuff and you know if I'm not wore out. Yeah. I sometimes write write at night by myself, but mostly I stay booked every day, and mm-hmm. I I'll do at least one write a day if not two. Mm-hmm. Every day of the week, so Dang, that's I stay, awesome. I stay pretty consistently booked. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're going to be a professional songwriter, you have to do it a lot. Mm-hmm. Because Absolutely. you have to write a lot of songs because you don't know what song is going to be the one somebody's going to cut. Mm-hmm. You just don't. You get. You have no idea. So, yeah, you never know. You know, the muse, you know, I'm superstitious too. I, I mean, I think the muse shows up and checks on you, checks in on you. And if you ain't there, maybe she doesn't, maybe she decides not to give you anything. <laughs> Next time, you <laughs> right. You know? Right. <laughs> so. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, you're hilarious. But yeah, I love I love that you're constantly writing, constantly thinking of, of what's new. And, and you know, what's, have you ever, you know, written a song and we're like, you know what, I'm just going to put this on the back burner. I don't know if, you know, m- maybe it's not the top. But then, you know, you've kind of gone back to uh, that song and w- was like, you know what, I think I'm, I think I'm going to figure out what I can do with it. <laughs> yeah, I do that all the time. Um, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, I, I have ideas written down. I have little fragments of songs started and you just never know when they're going to surface. And that's going to be the thing you work on that day, you know, 
you just I just kind of like you know if 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 I feel urged to write it down or to record it, I just go ahead and get it down and then collect all those little pieces and and then I've got them to go through and right. sift through you know when I'm sitting in a room with somebody to write, you know. Or if I'm sitting by myself trying to write, you know? Mm-hmm. Good idea. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, let's see here. We do have a couple more fan questions, and then I'm going to get to the giveaway. Yes, guys, we have a giveaway. Woo-hoo! Uh, <laughs> super excited about that. Um, but the first fan question here is from Scott and Bruce. They both had the same question. So do you usually start with some lyrics first and then try to write a melody to the words next, or do you usually have the melody first? Good question. Um, you can write a song a multitude of ways. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes sometimes somebody has a piece of music that that's really great, and then everybody starts... Mm-hmm. You go, man, I love that music. Let's try to write to that. And then everybody starts looking through their ideas to see what, what ideas could possibly match that music, match the mood of that music, you know? You know? Right. Because, you know, if it's a ballad, you know, you're not going to, you're you're not going to write a song called Throwdown, you know? <laughs> if it's musically a ballad, you know what I mean? Come on, going up next, throw down. Come on, go on the dance floor, couple. <laughs> you know. Love it. So, yeah. I mean, you know, you're just trying to, like, match the mood of that music. But, you know, other right. times, you know, uh, you know, other times somebody walks in the room and goes, man, I got a great idea. I got a great idea. Here it is. And they say it, and you know it's a great idea. You know that's what you need to write that day. And then you start trying to figure out what that is. Is it a mid-tempo? Is it a ballad? Is it an up-tempo? What's the approach, you know? And then you start just kind of hunting around, trying to find the right the right entry point on that song, you know? Because when you have a great idea and everybody knows it's a great idea, you, the last thing you want to do is mess it up, you know? Yeah. You're trying, you're trying to do justice to that idea. Um, so that's how I operate, at least, you know? Yeah. You love know? it, love it. I mean, some people write songs without having any kind of idea or any kind of hook. They're just going to write a verse, and they write this great verse. To me, that's the hardest way to write because you don't know where you're going. So you've written this great verse, and now you're at the chorus, and you don't even know what you're aiming at. You know, mm-hmm. now you got to find it. Now you got to go hunt and find a target to aim at before you can write your course. Yeah. You know, it's right. just, that's a very difficult way to write to me. I'm not saying it's possible. I'm not saying other people don't do it. It's just not the way I prefer to do it. You know, right. I, I'm, I'm not a stream. Of, I'm not a stream of consciousness guy. You know, mm. I'm very much. I like to know what I'm aiming at. Mhm. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's see here. Uh, I think we have more questions in the chat room. Um, okay, yeah, we have a question from Anne Marie that many people asked, including Kathy and Ricky. 
Um, so here's their question. What is the best way to pitch and present your music to publishers and uh, make a uh, make a connection and maybe avoid having it filed in the trash bin? <laughs> good question. All right. Good question. Um, that's a good question. Um, I, I Probably really a hard one. Know, to I really don't know, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, it seems to me that these days, um, to avoid having your stuff thrown away or anything, you know, you mm -hmm. need that. You need that entry point. You need somebody at that publishing company likes what you do or has heard you, and they've they've asked for for some material. They want to hear more. Um, or, you know, sometimes these days too, you know, you, you can be heard on YouTube and somebody could contact True. you that way through Facebook mm -hmm. or something and go, Hey, I really like that thing I saw of yours on YouTube. I'm, uh, would you like to work together or can you send me some songs? You know, that happens too today. You know, so, so there's no set way, but, um, mm -hmm. one thing I would just say if you're presenting your songs to somebody, present them as professionally as possible. Yeah. Meaning have typed up lyric sheets, you know, or have typed up lyric files that you can copy and paste in an email or attach to an email with the song attached mm -hmm. to the email, you know, um, and that goes back to, you know, if you're making recordings at your house, GarageBand's a great tool. You know, like I said, Logic's a great tool. Try to make it as clean as possible, as clean sounding. And, you, you know, just uh, people, you want people to be able to hear the song and hear the performance yeah. of the song. And the performance of the song should be as good as you can possibly make it, you know. Mm -hmm. And... uh you know, and, and here's the other thing, you know, country music's not very country anymore. You know, it's yeah. very much pop music. It's pop music. I go in and write pop mm -hmm. music every day, you know, so understand <laughs> right. that, you, you know, understand that that's what, that's the beast you're dealing with. They're not wanting to hear a Merle Haggard song, mm -hmm. but they're not. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and if you, if you give them one good, you know, it's definitely going to go in the trash, probably. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I hate to say that, but yeah. Um, I mean, who you got to think? You got to. It's got to cross your mind. Who who would record this song? Is mm -hmm. this a pitchable, mm -hmm. cuttable song? Is there an artist who would possibly do this song? You know, and if and if stylistically you're way off the map, way off the reservation. They, I mean, mm -hmm. it doesn't have a chance in hell of being heard or, or considered, you know? Exactly. You know, uh, um, that's not to say don't follow your muse or don't be creative or don't put yourself in the song. That's not what I'm saying at all. I want you to do all those things. But mm -hmm. um, they're asking you to aim at a little bitty window. And anything outside that window, they're not interested in. That right. doesn't mean that it's not good. That doesn't mean that it's not it, it's not uh, well written. It doesn't mean anything. It just means it don't fit that little window that they're aiming at. Mm -hmm. 
you know? That's, Absolutely. That's all I know. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, I love that. And, you know, uh, we do have the giveaway. So let's do that right now for everybody. We have great CDs of yours um, for everyone. So while this next song is playing, uh, y'all have to be one of the first three people to text 331-442-5833, and you could win a Jason Matthews CD. Yes. <laughs> so start texting as soon as the next, next song starts. And the first three people will get a CD. So make sure you do that. Once again, the number is 331-442-5833. So stay with me uh, while we uh, listen to this song titled Honky Tonk History, and we will be right back. Remember to text, y'all. All right, we'll be right back. All right, Jason? <laughs> okay. All right, let's do this. This will be fun. Hit it. Honky Tonk History. <laughs> These calluses from all those nights Spent playing a telecaster Till my fingers bled but light And I got this scar in a beer bar brawl Outside of Tuscaloosa Stitch it up in a bathroom stall And I got this tattoo in the back of a room In East Tennessee I've got it long Honky-tonk history See the solid gold Watch and chain Took it off a Texas old tycoon In a backroom poker game Look at these holes In my tailgate They're from Susie Johnson's husband Snub nose 38. Well, thank God he's a bad shot. And I had that toolbox between him and me. Right or wrong, that's my honky tonk history. I love the smell of cigarettes, whiskey gone, a woman's breath.
here with the fabulous Jason Matthews. Okay, I love, 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 love honky tonk history. I can't help it. Every time I hear it, I'm dancing. <laughs> it's one of those songs that you just can't help yourself. Awesome. Amazing. Yes. I'm sure when you perform that, when you perform that live, I'm sure you get huge response, right? You have people dancing, correct? Because I would be. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun song. It's a fun song. I love yeah. playing that song. I'm I sure. I need to work that, put that back in the set. I love oh, that thing. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Uh, and we do have three winners. We texted them back uh, with uh, questions. We, we asked them where we could send it. So please make sure you send us your address and your name, and we will get your CD out to you pronto. Uh, and you guys are going to love it. I'm telling you. You're going to love it. You're going to love Jason Matthews. You're going to be Facebooking him constantly. You're going to love him. <laughs> so please do. Please check him out. And I wanted to ask where our listeners can go to purchase your music so they can get a copy of your CD. Um, I'm on iTunes. Uh, I'm, uh, I, I think you can go to like jasonmatthews.net and if you yeah. need a physical copy. Um, and uh, look me up on Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh I think I'm on Instagram too. So look me up on there as well. And uh yeah. Perfect. We're, Check we're, him we're out, everyone. On, yeah, yeah, we're definitely on iTunes. Perfect. I love it. I know people love that. It's it's the easy route, but you know, I'm the type of person that loves like the hard copy C D, you know, that you can keep with you, you know, put on your wall, whatever you want to do. I I love the physical C D, so I love that you have both. You know what I mean? Yeah, both available yeah. for the fans out there. Yeah, I think JasonMatthews.net is the is the website. Um, and if I'm telling you Perfect. wrong, you know, a Google search ought to lead you to the right place really quick. You know, and uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, sell you a physical copy if you if that's what you prefer. Uh, I think we're on yeah. CD Baby as well. CDBaby.com. Yeah, I think, we're, I think I think we got every CD on there too as well. Uh, Amazon, Perfect. we're on Amazon. We're on Amazon too mm-hmm. for all you Prime Prime members. Oh yeah, <laughs> love the Prime. Got to love the Prime. I have the Prime. <laughs> I'm all over it. Absolutely. I love it. I love. It. Yes. Uh, well, I hope everyone goes and checks it out. You know, when in doubt, Google it out. Is what I say, basically, just Google Google Jason Matthews. You'll find everything that you need to. And I also wanted to ask: Do you have any performances coming up that you could share with us? Anything in the books as of right now uh, for those out if, there that want to go and check out live? If if anybody is in the Nashville area tomorrow night, I'm playing Ooh. the listening room at six. Uh, in Nashville, the listening room at six, six in the evening, not six in the morning. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, six in the morning would be pretty early for doing it Yeah, right that's right. <laughs> early bird. But no, I love I'll, that. I'll be, playing, I'll be playing. It's the song right around. I'm playing it with my friends, uh, Johnny Bulford, who mm-hmm. I wrote uh, Lonely Eyes with. And uh, Joel Shoemake, who's a fabulous writer, uh, he wrote the Toothbrush song for 
Brad Paisley, family man for Craig Campbell. It's going to be a great round. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, that is. That's going to be so awesome. I mean, if y'all are in Nashville or, or you know, can make the trip, it's definitely worth it. Please make sure you go to the listening room at 6. Go and check it out. Remember, not in the morning. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. Not in the morning. Six in the evening. Yeah. Six in the evening. Please make sure you go check it out. And, and really quickly, I also want to mention something. Another one of uh, your songs, uh, you know, I'm a huge uh, Joey and Rory fan. I just love, love, love them so much. And, you know, I came across a song that you did, The Life of a Song, and noticed that it was recorded by the late and great Joey Feek. And it's just, it's so beautiful and so powerful. And, you know, God always has a plan for everything you do. And I feel like that song was written and meant to be for Joey. Um, it's just, a beautiful song, the life of a song, and I hope everyone goes and checks it out. Uh, what did you think of that? Uh, of how Joey did it, and uh, tell us a little bit about that song. Beautiful. Um, I wrote that song with a dear friend of mine, Rebecca Lynn Howard, who's an yeah. incredible artist herself. Um, mm-hmm. She's currently she's currently uh, in the band called Love and Mary, and mm-hmm. they're they're I mean. They're a band on their own. They're making their own records, but they also uh, they're also Steven Tyler's backup band. Uh, mm-hmm. So she's out on the road with Steven Tyler, singing with Steven Tyler from Aerosmith every night now. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but Rebecca is one of my best friends and one of my favorite co-writers, and we were writing this song together, and we had no idea that that Joey and Rory would wind up cutting the song. We were just we were just writing her heart, you know. Um, I can't remember who had the title, but we both thought it was a pretty special title. And and we just, you know, we put our heads down and started trying to write it the best we the best we knew how to do. And eventually, uh, Joey and Rory heard it. Of course, we were. I'm mm-hmm. good friends with. I was good friends with both of them at the time. Yeah. And I think. My wife probably plugged that, probably pitched that song to them, and because uh, they were making their first album, and uh, they wound up cutting it, and wound up being the title cut, and I was just mm-hmm. so 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 proud of it because Carl Jackson produced that record, and he's an amazing producer, uh, Grammy winning producer, and uh, they did an amazing job on the song. Um, and it's just it's so weird how time went by and and what happened happened it's just yeah. kind of eerie that it's kind of eerie that they did that song you know in light of how it all turned out you know um mm-hmm. um just, she she's gone way too soon and uh, it's mm-hmm. a terrible loss for the world um but really? I, I I'm I'm very proud to have been a part of of her of her musical journey while she was here. Mm-hmm. You know, um, absolutely. Um, very proud, very proud of that song. Very proud of that song. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's so beautiful. I mean, for those who haven't heard it yet, you really do have to check it out. Just type in YouTube "The Life of a Song" and you'll you'll be able to find it. Uh, and you will love it. 
And unfortunately, we ran out of time, but I just, I cannot even begin to thank you enough for being a guest on my show tonight. You are just an incredible, incredible artist. Um, so we are going to close out the show tonight with your song, Something to Drink About. But before we do, um, there is somebody here in the studio that wants to give you a, uh, give you a shout. Do you mind? <laughs> yeah. Want to say hi? All right. Here we go. Matt Boone, everyone. <laughs> hey, Jason. How's it going, brother? Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Been wanting to talk with you. It's a pleasure to finally get to do so and uh, let you know, man, I'm a big fan of your music and uh, all the songs you write. I did a few cuts for you. I've got probably two or three of your songs on my CDs, man, and just love them. I sure appreciate that, Matt. I really do. Man, when I, when I go looking for a song, man, you're you're the first one I go pull from when I go to the publishers, man. You're the first one I look forward to, you know, pulling material from, so. I sure appreciate that, Matt. Thank you so much. Yeah, bud. <laughs> Thank Good you, Matt. Oh. You. you too, Jason. Take it easy, man. Hey, you too. <laughs> love it, love it. Your songs really are incredible, and just they do touch a lot of people. Um, and I like, like I said before, thank you so much for being a guest. And but please come back on anytime, okay? love chatting with you thank you thank you for having me i would love to awesome thank you so much and you know like i said we're going to close out the show tonight with this song something to drink about so i hope you all enjoy this song and thanks again jason for coming on and chatting with me and have a great rest of your night okay absolutely thank you thank you talk soon bye-bye all right bye-bye <laughs> bye-bye Love it. What a talent. Incredible singer, songwriter. You have to go and check him out at the listening room at 6 um, in the evening. Uh, please make sure you go and check him out along with some other great songwriters. Like you mentioned, I mean, it's just going to be a blast. And uh, just keep keep a lookout at JasonMatthews.net. You do not want to miss his next show or, you know, everything that he has going on. So here we go. Something to drink about. Good night, everyone. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Love y'all. Mwah! <laughs>
you are and I'm just a guy that can do it don't you 